Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome back to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where today we will be talking about six Stoic tips for students. I'm your co-host, Mateo. And I'm your co-host, Ren. Us, as college students, have realized that there's some habits that we can deduce from the school of Stoicism and apply to our studies, which we have been doing probably before we got in college. Would you agree? I think we've applied, definitely applied some of these concepts before college. Definitely. But just six quick habits that you can build to... Maybe not, you're not going to go from C's to A's. It's not like, here's some study tips, but more, how can you make your education more worthwhile? Yeah, I think the biggest thing about college, like you were talking about, that we started off with was, it it wasn't, like you said, these aren't study tips. This is all about sort of finding who you are now while you're in college and like education, not only being limited to the classes that you're taking, but now you have the opportunity to educate yourself as an entire person you have the opportunity to educate the whole person that you are not just in the class finding out finding out who you are is a good summation too because i think one of the problems we see with education especially in america now is kids don't know what they are they don't know what they want to do we have people who go to ivy league schools and pay 60 grand a year and then they're majoring in communications or something that is just comedic to be going to the school and paying that much for, and they don't know what they want to do with their lives. Now, those people who got in those Ivy League schools, obviously are going to do well for themselves, whatever they do, because that's like just a getting a foot in the door type of thing to do. But if, if you're not that lucky to be in that boat, you need to know, how do I know what I want to be as a student? And how do I want to take what I learn as a student and apply it to my path, apply it to my purpose? And that's ultimately what the focus of Stoicism is, right? With that being said, The first tip, prioritize learning outside of the classroom. Something that we both have realized, I think, for a long time is that you need to prioritize learning outside of the classroom rather than inside. We've had our fair amount of, you know, chats and texts and talks about the education system. And like you said, being a conspiracy theory conspiracy theorist, there's there's nothing wrong with that, because, I mean, I think the part the biggest part about learning outside the classroom for me is that you should always be seeking to learn something it doesn't matter exactly like necessarily what what that is it could be it could be a skill for the gym it could be a money making skill it, it could literally be anything but so i think the first step that and this is another tip that we'll get into later but being open minded just in general but when you're learning outside the classroom you sort of have to be searching for answers that aren't going to be easily accessible or that might not be necessarily available to the to the average human eye right away right it's not just going to be something you can look at surface level and just understand so the education system as a whole to not necessarily go off on a tangent about this but yeah i think we're mostly on the same page that there are definitely flaws that could be addressed but more so how we can relate learning outside the classroom to being stoic it's just important to understand that wisdom as a whole, and there's a quote from Seneca, he says, wisdom is a right understanding, a faculty of discerning good from evil, what is to be chosen and what rejected, a judgment grounded upon the value of things and not the common opinion of them. It's really that wisdom should just be sought out continuously and continuously. It's not necessarily about 
uh, what you're learning in the classroom. But wisdom, I think there are a lot of people in our generation who are school smart, right? They get good grades, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily, I guess the, the term that we use is street smart, right? So that just means having common knowledge, common sense, or just overall knowledge of how the world works. So you can be great at school, but not just not necessarily great at life. So that's kind of the point that I'm making when you say learning outside the classroom, it's learning more about life instead of like this, like just math or something. Well, it's, it's crazy, right? Because I was thinking in high school and obviously I'm not going to use high school as my only basis of understanding here, but in high school, we knew so many people who were so academically gifted, but if you throw them out on the street and tell them to survive, or you tell them to do anything that isn't purely academic, then they fall apart. We knew so many of those people in high school. And then we both got to college and we were both like, this is not a local high school problem. This is a generational problem. And so that's what we see now is for an established amount of time, we've had this set of higher education where kids go and they get degrees and they get their job and that's, that's fine. Society's fallen apart now that we've used that system for this long because you have a bunch of people who are only comfortable sitting in circles discussing academia, discussing how do I do my job the best. We don't have people who have like the common sense. And a lot of the problems that we see in modern society can be, I think, attributed to the erosion of the value of the education system. So that's the non-Stoic part of this advice. But the Stoic part is you mentioned Seneca. Seneca is one of the biggest critics of the education system and of education of any of the Stoics. He had extensive works on the value of education, yes, but also what was wrong with it. And he says that he respects no study that basically is a moneymaker. What study do we know as a moneymaker? What study do we know as a moneymaker? College. Yeah. College. We go through life, and I talk about this on the unscripted episode, but we're told in high school, get good grades, go to college. We go to college, stay in college, tough college out, get a job. That's not what education's about. Education is about learning, not how do I use it to make money. Well, I'd also like to add to it. You're not telling kids how to think. You're teaching them like what they're supposed to think. It's like, oh, if you do this and this and this, you're like laying out a plan for them instead of encouraging them to lay out their own path, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because life is nuanced. That's something that Stoics thought about a lot. That's why we developed dichotomy of control is because life is very, very nuanced. However, the education system is not like that. It's very dissimilar because there is no nuance. There's no room for creativity, really. I, I always hate English classes. I hate on English classes, not because I think English is worse than any other subjects, because English is literally graded. And, and again, this is an American perspective, but English classes are graded based on what the teacher wants, which is not how life works. Life is not, what does this one person want and how can I satisfy this one person? How do I make them happy? That's not what life is about living up to somebody's standards. Like you just said, it's living up to what you want to do, what your standards are, all of those things. Now, obviously you have to take the time to set those standards appropriately, set them high. And that takes a lot of work, but that's why you prioritize learning outside of the classroom so that you have the tool belt to do that because academia wants you to have your tool belt filled of academic papers that are meaningless. Some professionals pat you on the back and say, Hey, good paper. That doesn't do anything does absolutely nothing. Instead of sitting here writing papers, theorizing all those things, go out and do stuff. Marcus Raley says, don't argue about what being a good man is, go be one. And I, I think it's actually an apt comparison for education. Education system tells you, this is like the one way to think about things, go do it. 
And so we'll argue, we'll argue at times about what that one way should be, but there's never, oh, we can consider multiple, multiple ways. And so prioritizing right. learning outside the classroom means that you get multiple perspectives. There's so well, many benefits to it. And that's why we emphasize it as the first point. Well, I think the best, like you were saying, being so open-minded to learning outside the classroom too, that that's a great segue into saying being open-minded, not only outside, but when you're in the classroom, being open to academia in general, right? That was something that you had mentioned. And I think we could go into pretty good detail about this, you know, depending on how long we want to discuss this topic, but academia, like, so when you're in a class, not necessarily, you don't really see these in like math classes or like engineering classes, because typically the skills that you need for these are just written in stone, right? You just stick to the script, stick to the formulas, the algorithms, boom, answer. With these, you know, studies that seem to be pretty typically, it's one, like one path to the result, right? And I'm not saying there's not multiple ways to do things, but I guess the example I was trying to say was, right, like a math class versus a like rhetorical arts class, you're going to have in math, it's pretty like, oh, calculus you want to find a derivative sure do this 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 boom there's not really a lot of opinion in that but it's more so the classes where you start to see professors or teachers saying oh but for, you should look at it this way and then if you see it from this way you'll see this xyz but if they only show you x y way of doing something or to look at something you're not going to be exposed to the full thing and we even saw this in high school we didn't have like the the plethora of classes in high school that we have in college to take but it was still the exact same idea right like you see teachers who are like indirectly only showing you one side of something this happened in history this happened in english this happened you know everywhere and especially now in a school where you're surrounded by all kinds of different cultures religions traditions whatever it's very important that when you're learning something that's sort of being taught through the eyes of someone else, that you're aware of that and that you're open-minded to what you're learning. There is a Lebanese-American mathematical statistician that has this amazing quote. He's not a Stoic, but he has this quote that says, it takes extraordinary wisdom and self-control to accept that many things have a logic we do not understand that is smarter than our own. When you sort of, I guess, break down that quote just into the most simple form, it's saying that understanding that there are <laughs> there are things that we do not understand and if we only look at it one way we're not going to understand the bigger picture there's an example in philosophy but it's like three blind men are get like and someone they bring this elephant in and three blind men like one man touches like the leg and they're like an elephant's like a tree one man touches like the belly and it's like it's like a wall you know what i mean and so it's like if you only see or experience one part of an entire picture you're only going to know what that one puzzle piece is like well, so it's, it's very, it's very narrative based, right? It's all narrative based. We come in to, we even come into the classroom with our own narrative of the situation. And then we have educational standards, which want to create one narrative, right? We see all these debates about like Florida's history curriculum. The government wants to establish a sort of agenda as well. And they set those, those educational standards. And then the teacher does as well. And so it's all narrative based. And so when you prioritize learning outside of the classroom, we talked a lot right now about the criticisms of education itself, but what about the value it brings to you? One thing is being able to see all sides if you prioritize learning outside of the classroom, because then you have your own agency. You're not told this is what the assignment is. This is how you're supposed to do it. Go. To use an example of one of the most common ways I learn outside of classrooms is just reading. I have the free willpower to go to a Barnes and Nobles and pick up any book that I want. No one's going to stop me. 
from buying whatever book I want to read. If I want to go read Karl Marx, I can go read Karl Marx. I don't because I don't agree with what he taught. And I think Marxism is very, very ridiculously stupid. But I could go pick up Karl Marx or I could go pick up another Stoic book. You have complete agency over your learning when you're outside of the classroom, which is a fundamental skill. It's something that all of the Stokes believed is that education should be attainable for all. It should be accessible for all. And right now it kind of isn't because if you are somebody who has a set of ideas and they don't agree with what's going on in the classroom, in the sphere of the classroom, you're not going to succeed. And so education becomes worse for you. And so it's all narrative based, right? So challenge the narrative and the way you challenge the narrative is just by questioning and then doing your own research because they're not going to tell you to do that in education. They're not going to tell you to go do your own research and view it independently. If you have a, there's certainly exceptions. There's certainly great teachers out there who will tell you to do that. But the education itself, if we look at it just as the system, is not going to tell you to do that. That's why we're sitting there as people who are going through it right now, getting firsthand experience about how bad it's gotten, right? It's That's why it's so valuable. I, it's just, it's not everything that it was made out to be. You know what I mean? Like the being, and I know it's only my our first years in, in going through college, but it's really not like mind boggling or different. You know what I mean? I think honestly, the <laughs> the biggest transition was actually just like moving into a new place and just like being in a new environment. It wasn't even like the school because the people are like college is way harder than high school. And, like I'm not a STEM major. So if I was a STEM major, I'd probably saying that because they have to do like six labs a week and like it's crazy. But as like a business student, I'm, it's not much different than what I was used to in terms of workload or difficulty or the way I think or the way the projects are formed. It's very, it's very similar. So I agree. Yeah, no, I can say as a STEM school student, the workload sucks. And I do have six labs a week. But that's the thing though, is like, is your work like really difficult or is there just like a ton of it? No, it's, it's busy work. It's interesting. So I'll, I'll tell a personal story here of when I was in high school and I think this is ties very closely into this. So I'm sitting down, this is my junior year. I'm planning for my senior year, what classes I want to take in high school. I'm sitting down with my counselor. Now I will say my counselor did a great job. And while this is going to be pro uh, probably sound disparaging of her, she, she did a great job. So I don't want to be too negative and I don't want to judge, but we're sitting down. I want to take this intro to law class because I've always been interested in law, still interested in it as a career path. Doesn't fit, doesn't fit in my schedule. And so we go through this rigmarole of like four classes that do do fit, don't fit. I want to take them, don't want to take them, blah, blah, blah. And then finally we sit down, she stops and she says, you know, Ren, sometimes you just have to accept that you have to take classes you don't like. And so I think when we talk about another benefit that prioritizing learning outside of the classroom brings, look at how despondent our generation is towards like schooling and what it does for us. Look at how, how like it's just in a state of despair kind of hopelessness, I would say, towards education. And, th and that kind of sentiment, the, oh, sometimes you have to take classes you don't want to, is why. And so for me, you, you said that you thought it'd be different. I thought it'd be different because I thought it wouldn't be like that. And now we're taking gen eds, so it is different. Once we get to our major specific classes, I think this isn't going to be as true. But that reality still exists all throughout college, all throughout higher education. Yeah, even, even in classes, even in classes you don't want to take or you do want to take, right? There's content where it's it's not even applicable to the class, 
to the class description, right? Like I'll use an example that I've heard about recently. You take an intro to entrepreneurship class, right? So it's entrepreneurship, basic level. And then some professor decides, let's put a spin on it by only doing social issues. I'm not going to comment on, you know, the beliefs around that, but it's just stuff like that where it's all like biased. It's not built for you. It's built for the people who built the system. So if you want to get outside of that system, outside of that system, that's going to turn you into a modern factory worker. The way you do that is prioritizing learning outside of the classroom. And the more you seek wisdom, like wisdom and knowledge outside the classroom, the more you're going to see how much you're like lacking in school as well. That was sort of the eye opener is like you see how much more there is to the world than just what you're being taught. I feel like if you just were stuck strictly in a school system and you just did every single assignment perfectly on time, never went outside your boundaries, sort of stayed in your own lane, you wouldn't you just wouldn't be a very intelligent person when it comes to like how the world works overall. Would you be really good at like pre-calc? Maybe. But I promise you, and this is like kind of shocking, but there's more to life than just pre-calculus and like history classes, which just, it's just, to me, following just a, a script your whole life seems like the worst possible way to live. And I've really been thinking about that lately is just like, why, like all the dis- big decisions that I've made, like, why have I had to make these decisions? Like what, what classes I'm going to take, what major I want to be. And it's like, it's just stuff we're kind of told to do. You know what I mean? But right now, and we've talked about this before, is just like the options of, you know, not going to school or, you know, dropping out or graduating early, whatever they may be. We we sort of analyze them and we're like, what we don't even know necessarily what the best choice is, which I feel like is why a lot of people stay in school because they don't really, they aren't confident enough in another alternative, you know, like they've been pushed to go to college for so long that as soon as they even question it, they're like, well, I'm sort of like too far down this path to stop going. It doesn't really make logical sense to stop and try something new. But I definitely think that's a lot of the reason why people stay stuck in a system and stuck here. And think about why that is too. We've created, I have this discussion with my mother all the time and it's like, well, you need to get a degree because that's what people like. That's what people look for. And it's because society has built us to be conditioned to do that. To say, oh, I, I, I just got to go to college. That's what people do. Whenever you hear that, whenever you hear, well, I have to do it because that's just what people do. Probably not the right thing, not the right logic. If Like education, if you're invested in it, like you will get a return. But I, I love Seneca's perspective on education because ultimately, if I were to sum up his perspective, it's basically that education is a tool we use to attain virtue but we can get to a virtuous lifestyle without school. It's nice to have, and it's helpful because it teaches you things like school does teach you self-discipline. I'm not trying to say that school doesn't have any value here. Like it teaches you self-discipline. It teaches you some good qualities, but you don't absolutely need it. So if you don't absolutely need school, why are you making it the absolute priority? And I think people could take this the wrong way. He's not saying you don't need to like learn and be knowledgeable, but I think he's saying the system that school has, you don't need that. Right, correct. You're not saying you don't need to learn, you don't need to be knowledgeable. You're saying, yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm talking about like the education system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the education system as a whole, Seneca viewed it as that's great to have a formal education where you sit there and you read and you learn and you learn these values like self discipline a little bit. That's great. But if you wanted to be virtuous, having an educational background is not a precursor to that. Right. Some person who who we pick up off the street who like dropped out in high school never got their GED, 
that's not necessarily like they could be an, a very, very good person. They could have a tremendous soul, tremendous traits, very good character. They don't need that education to live that virtuous lifestyle. So if we as Stoics are sitting here and saying we should live virtuously, education doesn't have to be priority number one is what I'm saying. Now, it still has to be on the priority board, right? You can't just completely disparage the education system, drop out, do those types of things. That's why we haven't dropped out yet. But have the perspective that not many people do, where you're like, school's okay, I'll take care of it. But I'm going to go read this thing, or I'm going to do something else as my dog loudly interrupts me. I'm going to do something else. I think honestly, though, like that's a that tip really just the idea of learning outside the classroom, though, is honestly just the best way to we could honestly just continue the most of the episode just on like the importance of built like learning outside the classroom, because really there there are so many different topics that you could cover and that the overarching idea of learning outside the classroom. There's many other points like within that that we could talk about. But the last thing I want to say about just there are so many people that we take worth away and we're like oh well they dropped out of school therefore they're not credible like it's risky like this person's probably lying to you it's like okay well look at the results that they've achieved right the reason that we don't say that i mean didn't zuck drop out or no who dropped out was it a lot of them did a lot of people a lot a lot of these really big multi-billion dollar companies the ceos dropped out man like they but we're not here saying oh but this is because they're at the top. They're at companies who like run the world, right? So it, unless you're like basically the very, very top, people are going to take credit away from you because you don't have a diploma or a degree. And it's like, so we, like you said, as a society, we've conditioned people to think that unless you didn't earn that piece of paper, you're not credible. You're not genuine. You're not serious. You're you're lying or you like cheated some way or you're just not, you didn't, you're not reliable. It's not a, it's not a good way to live your life, which that that's why it's very uncomfortable to sort of learn from someone who's like, oh yeah, like I did it my own way, because we're like, oh well, they didn't do it the way everyone else did it. You it's know all, what I mean? It's all it's all conditioning based, and one of the biggest skills that Stoics emphasized was constantly learning. Seneca said, like, as long as you're alive, learn how to live. The way that you build that skill is by starting when you're eight or when you're seven, like you start that skill as soon as possible. Because it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of practice to always constantly be learning. If you look at college now and people who graduate college, like I said, they're conditioned. They go through high school, they say, oh, I have to go to college now. They go through college, they get that degree, that that piece of paper that apparently tells the world, hey, this person has some value. It's crazy. But they get this and then they have their job and they're done learning. They're done learning how to be a better person. And they stay stagnant. They're like, well, how do I get this promotion? A promotion is not equal. How do I become a better person? It's just how do I become better at this job? And so um, when you were talking, you were reminding me of just this idea that these people with this mindset of prioritizing the education system get this nine to five job and they feel comfortable in that security that doing all these stupid things that the education system requires Guess in that piece of paper, that means job security. A, doesn't mean job security anymore. Go look at the statistics on that. But B, is your life really fulfilling just because you can say that you hold down a nine to five job? For me personally, I would much rather say that I'm homeless, but I get to live with my dog. I'm emotionally fulfilled somehow 
and then say, oh, look at this. I have this piece of paper that means that I can have a nine to five job. Like, come, come on now. That, that's where we're at in a society is, yes, we've been conditioned to think that this degree means everything and that you need to prioritize the classroom 100% when you're in it. But that's not the reality. You want to live a fulfilled life and you want to be a lifelong student instead of just a student when society tells you you need to be one, then you need to prioritize learning outside of the classroom. I agree, and I have nothing to object there. I I fully agree, and yeah, I've sort of like recently been leaning towards a lifestyle of like I I sort of see the appeal of like moving into the woods with like your dog and your family and just like living off nature and just like being emotionally fulfilled with your family, not even you know giving a toss about money at all. And I'm just like I honestly see the appeal. That seems amazing. Yeah, I've been there for like three years. <laughs> I've been there for about three years. Yeah, I've been, there's a part of me that's always like, but that would just be really peaceful. You know what I mean? Just to live and not have to worry about all these societal expectations. Like, unfortunately, you have to be financially free to achieve any sort of freedom in your life. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's sort of the reason why that we're sort of going for money. But I don't know. That just seems like a really peaceful, stoic life. I feel like that's what the stoics would just love is just, just living, man. You know what I mean? Not worry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Anyway. Tip, tip number two, avoid procrastination. This one might seem hypocritical because we both definitely procrastinate. I almost said avoid procrastination as much as possible, but I wanted to shorten it. But obviously, I, we just did a Stoic reading. Um, one of the first Stoic readings was how do you use your time? We waste so much time. And it's kind of the same thing as when we were talking about decisions. You waste time with indecision, not being sure what to do. Similarly, with procrastination, especially with school, you say, oh, I have this paper done. I have this paper due. Oh, but that sucks. I don't want to do it. Fair enough. I don't want to do my papers either. Very reasonable opinion. Just get it done. And now that's, that's like the most basic tip you can have. But for Stoics who really prioritize the concept of memento mori, and not wasting your time, not wasting your days. Just get the assignment done so you can go do things that actually matter, things that are yeah. actually purposeful. Yeah. Like there's if not, go ahead. I was just gonna say there's not really much to say about procrastination other than just don't procrastinate. Like like there's really no way to be like, oh, if you count down from three and then do it, like you could you could say whatever you want. It ultimately it just comes down to like how how strong willed are you to do something that you don't want to do? to be better off in an hour or two once it's over. Like well, how, how, it's just, yeah, no, it. I, and I, I just mentioned, right? Like one of the things that Seneca realized that school taught was self-discipline. It's the same thing. It's like when it's cold, it's snowing and you're sore and you don't want to go to the gym. You have to go up, you have to get up and go to the gym because that's part of your routine. Same thing. You know, you have a five page paper due on something you could not care about whatsoever. Suck it up. I'm Like it sucks, but you have to get through it. And the longer that you wait to do it, both the quality of whatever you're doing instead diminishes because you're thinking about the paper still and the quality of your work diminishes. So if I'm giving like a reason besides just the, hey, suck it up and do it, it's that is when you right. procrastinate both the quality of your work for school and the quality of whatever activity you're doing for your lifestyle diminish. And so tip number three that we'll talk about is building relationships. And I think outside of like you said, like the motivation thing, building friendships. Like we've talked about what a good friend is, building friendships that are kind of 
accountability barometers where it's not like I don't want friends who are saying, hey, you know, let's go skip. Let's not do this paper. Let's do these things that aren't school. You do need friends like that. You do need people who can pull you out of the kind of academia standard. But you also need friends who say, hey, we're going to sit down. Let's let's crank out some homework. Are those friends nerds? Are they going to get called nerds? Sure, but it doesn't matter. Because when you're in college, right, you have to do college at some point. Mind-blowing. When you're in education, I know we just spent 30 minutes talking about how much education is diminished in value and how much it sucks and the criticisms. But if you're here, you might as well invest in it. And you're active, actively not doing that when you procrastinate. Well, and if, you, there, if your reason for procrastinating too is wrong, like there could be like, I don't know, there's like, you can make as many excuses as you want to not do something, but at the end of the day, it has to get done. So it doesn't really matter like if you have another priority to choose over it, like, oh, I can't work on my essay right now, I have to lift. Well, then at some point, if you keep saying, oh, but I have to do this first, it, it, it all just becomes an excuse. It doesn't matter like what your obligations are. If you have something on your to-do list, it needs to get done at some point by the deadline in which you set it for. And like, I don't really have much to say about procrastination. Everyone procrastinates. There's not a single person in the world who's never procrastinated something because it's in our nature to not want to do things that we don't want to do. It's it's that simple. And so if we're, if there's going to be something that you're faced with and you have a choice, it's like, oh, I could either just push it off or just do it now. And then it sucks now and then do it later. It's just a simple principle of delayed gratification, right? You Oh, you'd rather be gratified right now and then just deal with it later because that's what's easier right now or i could just be difficult now and then in an hour once this assignment or this paper this lift is over with i'm like cool done right it's done there's there's not much to be said when it comes to you know motivation or anything uh and with friends right and procrastination if you're surrounded by people uh who are constantly procrastinating then that's gonna suck and you're probably gonna procrastinate so you should find friends that a if you're being lazy they're gonna be like you're lazy, you should get up and do something. Two, if you are, I guess, in the wrong place, and like mentally, this is a big thing for me, is if you're mentally in a wrong place, they'll tell you, hey, I think you probably shouldn't go do that. I think you should really reassess. It's friends that are just going to be honest with you, and they may seem rude at first. And we talked about this in season one, episode four, about what a good friend really is. But just friends who are honest, because honesty now, seems very rude and people get hurt by the truth all the time they need the truth watered down for them and that's not how the world works you know what i mean <laughs> it's like the example where people see like a lion eating like a like a gazelle and they're like somebody should save the gazelle and it's like you know what i mean like the, the the lion has to eat the lion has to eat that's just that's the way things go the truth is gonna suck at some point but if you never hear it then you're gonna be living a lie that's how the world works yeah or i mean or you know, you can be an insecure person who surrounds himself with insecure people and you just are all in a constant like circle interaction of just lies and backstabbing. So it's really your choice. Yeah, we talked a lot about friendships and all of that. So we don't need to fully discuss that. But if that tip building relationships, just build relationships with people who are in a similar headspace as you are, a similar mindset, because you don't want some, just like you don't want somebody who's procrastinating all the time. You don't want somebody who's like, oh, look at this cool academic paper. Let's do school all the time. Wow. Like you don't want somebody like that. That was either. good. That was really good. That person's that lame. Good. Not not just like nerd wise, but once they're not in the confines of school, 
they, they're not going to have any substance behind them. So just find those relationships. And I think an important aspect of that is kind of the mentorship, mentoree dynamic. We talked about, I, I forget, we it's been a while, but we talked about how Stoics, especially Seneca, emphasize like in life, you need to find somebody who you can model yourself after. And then you also need to teach somebody. And it's just like study tips, right? Like one of the best ways to study is teaching the concept to somebody else. Now apply that, but just like life, simple life and like purpose, values, morality, ethics. Yes, you establish those things yourself, but you need a good role model to constantly compare yourself to and to hold yourself accountable. And in the same way, once you kind of get to that comfortable place, you can find somebody who you can do the same process for. And that leads to a much more enriched life. And the crazy thing is, I go to a campus that's very, very, very small, and yet it's so incredibly diverse that the cliche of college is true. Like you'll find people who have the same mindset you do. It takes effort, takes time, it takes some work, but there are people out there on that campus. You can't go to a campus, even if it's small like mine and it's 10,000 people, that's 10,000 people. That's a lot. It's very, you're going to be very hard pressed to not find one similar person in that group. So, you know, if you're a high school student listening to this and you're like, well, nobody in my town is like this. I don't have those relationships. Just wait till college because I'm I'm sure people are telling people that age, hey, you know, like there are going to be people for you there. It's absolutely true. And so that's why it's such a beauty to be here. That's one aspect that's very good about going to college. And it's a very important tip is if you want to survive this, you want to get out of this rat race that is the education system with some value, find some friends, build some relationships. And also that's what the beauty and as much as we're going to hate on social media, if you don't have friends in your town, I mean, there's plenty of people online who I get, there's like communities online that are healthy that are like, oh, this is the stoic community. It's like three, 400 members, right? And then you can get in like a discord or something. And at least you have that. You have tools online and as much as we well, hate on social media. We that, were that's... literally, yeah, we were literally on the stoicism like Reddit page before we started this episode. Yeah, and that, exactly. Like, while we're on there, there's 350 active members. So I'm not saying you have to be like 100% invested in the stoicism, that's your mindset. But if you're listening to this, right, there's so many of those resources, as my dog interrupts me again, where it's just easily available. So you're right, like that's an advantage of social media. All right. And to, to go to the next point, uh, I think like you were mentioning, you need someone who's going to teach you and you also need to be the teacher of someone is uh, don't be a know-it-all, right? So you don't want a teacher who is a know-it-all who's like oh no this is the only way i know this and this and this i i am sure that this is correct and this is wrong blah 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 blah. there is a great quote that says it is impossible to learn that which you think you already know that's about as basic as it's going to get right but let's really look at that quote oh and by the way that is from epictetus let me just let me just put that out there epictetus really has it going on here big thing here is ego right if if we really look at why people are know-it-alls, it's because their ego is telling them, hey, you are just freaking amazing. You know, like you have put so much work into this one area that everywhere else you just are on top. Like you deserve everything. You deserve this. You you should be, you know, listened to. People should never oppose anything you say because you are Jesus Christ, our savior, basically, which that's to an extreme, right? But there are people who really think like that, who are like, my opinion is the only correct opinion because X, Y, and Z are true. And not going to name drop here, but so I have a great philosophy teacher this this semester. And 
like we were talking about this, the antithesis of philosophy is being closed minded. And the first thing that hit me when I walked into this philosophy class is she goes, um, my way is like the way basically to sum it up. She was like, what I think about this, you should all follow my path and what my beliefs on this. So anyway, going back to what I was saying is when you're a know-it-all one, you're going to restrict yourself from learning anything new. And as we all know, as we talked about seeking knowledge outside the classroom, if you're a know-it-all, you're not actually going to learn anything because you're just going to assume that everything that's being taught to you is common knowledge. You already know it. You're going to skip over it. You're going to skim it, or you're just going to ignore it, you know, whatsoever. These, these preconceived notions, I would say that we, that we have of ourselves. And the reason that someone would be a know-it-all is one, it's lazy, right? We want to be lazy. We don't want to necessarily put in the work to learn a lot of things. And so if we even have just the slightest, maybe like a guess of an idea of what something might be about, we're going to say, oh, I already know about that. Like, I don't need to learn it. And also, if you're you're a teacher, right, and you're a know-it-all and you're teaching someone through the lens of I know everything. If you have any questions, the only person or place you can go to to ask those questions is me. You're completely restricting your students' ability to learn as well. So not only are you hindering your own ability to learn, but the people you'd be teaching also and the people around you aren't going to be doing any better. It's crazy how that philosophy professor basically proves the point we were making with uh, tip number one today. But it, it really is. You, you hit it on the head when you said being a know-it-all means that you can't learn as easily. Because if you're a know-it-all, right, and you pick up a book, and you're like, I know more than this person. That significantly ruins your ability to just understand even what's being said from an unbiased perspective. Because if you come in and you say, well, this is stupid, then they they make a good point. You're just going to think it's stupid still. So being a know-it-all is just detrimental to you knowing anything whatsoever. Sure. I mean, are you an expert on a topic? That's great. But even if you're an expert, don't you need to research other points so that you know how to combat them? Like even if we're you're appealing to somebody who's a narcissist and like you said has the god complex, you should be able to defend your opinions. And the only way that you're able to do that is treating opinions which sure maybe you think they're dumb as something that's worth reading, something that's worth hearing, something that's worth researching a little bit. Like I made the point a little bit ago about Karl Marx, how I never read Karl Marx or I don't commonly read Karl Marx and I don't believe in Marxism and I think it's a very, very flawed ideology. I still have read like Das Kapital and some more modern Marxists. Like I read that stuff. Do I agree with any of it? No. But the reason that you have to read those things and the reason that you have to always constantly be consuming knowledge and not saying, I know this and I don't need to hear anybody's opinion is so that you can just extend your knowledge base. Because if you're a know-it-all and you say, I know more than these people, all of those people that you think that you know more than, you just cut yourself access. Like you cut access off from all of them. And when you do that, sure, you know, are some, are some of those people maybe people that you don't want to hang around with or aren't going to contribute anything? Sure. But say you go into a classroom, right? It's 30 people and you say, well, I know more than these people. I don't need to pay attention. Out of those 30 people, like something's going to have something to offer you intellectually, knowledge-wise, wisdom, something. Right. It, it's just like when we talked about like, how do you deal with people? Marcus Aurelius, you wake up and you tell yourself all these things like people will wrong me. People are, but then you still deal with them and you still treat them as human beings. And so that's the stoic concept that you apply it with knowledge now, instead of just like kindness They say, 
maybe I'm going in this classroom and I know more about this specific topic than these people. You don't, you don't say that and then say, well, that means I just get to tune out, screw these people. They're dumb. No. Do you, do you know more than them? Sure. But the know-it-all mindset is saying, cutting them off and saying, I don't have to contribute. I don't have to listen to them. Instead, the stoic one is to say, I acknowledge that maybe I'm smarter than them in this specific area. But let's hear them out. Let's hear how I can defend my own position. Well, I think skill. A very life, like a very real life example of that is if you've ever taken AP or IB or whatever advanced placement classes in high school. So I took, we, we had the same econ class together senior year and then <laughs> this last semester I took it in college and I was like, oh, I mean, I already took econ. I'm probably going to breeze through this class. But there were a lot of concepts that were like, I guess, touched on for a second time that when I got it, when I heard it the second time, I was like, that may like I didn't catch that before. So there's always going to be a time where you like you said, you might be more knowledgeable than everyone in your class in a certain area, yet you can still learn. It's very arrogant to say, oh, because I'm better, I don't need to work hard. Right. Or I don't need to try. That's that's like the sort of that's where the saying comes. Um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard right? Like it doesn't matter how good you are starting off. If you just choose to stay there, the person who's going to keep seeking and seeking and seeking is eventually going to pass you over, right? Very simple concept, but. No, it's, all these tips are very, very simple, but the education system kind of conditions us away from them. Um, Actually, the education system, like it encourages procrastination because it's teach to a test. So you have people who just study for the test and then memory dump afterwards, you know, being open minded. Like we said, it's all narrative based building relationships. You know, that one probably encouraged Um, know it all. It's exemplified by the people we're supposed to be learning from as with your example. And so what it all boils down to is making it a personal journey for yourself instead of you fitting into the system. And that leads to the last point that I want to make today, which is when you're looking at school and you're analyzing what do you want to be as a student, fit school into your lifestyle. And what I mean by that is, right, if you're living under your parents' roof, obviously they're going to make you go to school. Good for them. They should do that. That's what a parent's role is. But fit school within your lifestyle. So have a routine around school. Have like your morning routine. We've talked about this so much about how much routine matters, developing a good morning routine, developing a good evening routine. But don't change those routines that work for you because of school. Change how you approach school to fit within those routines is what I mean. Right. And you'll notice much more success as a student. It's actually kind of counterintuitive. If you, if you cut off time that you used to use for school and apply it to your routine, your grades actually probably will improve because your discipline is improving the healthy habits that you have right now, you're doing more of. And so you'll need less time for school because you can do it more effectively. So that's my last counterintuitive tip for today's episode. And to just back it up and reinforce that, I would agree. I've told many people, I feel like I'm kind of doing school on the side out here. Like I'm like on a big self-discovery journey and school is just kind of something I have to do every day. That's like, taking up time out of my self-discovery journey almost you know what i mean it's sort of like a side thing which don't get me wrong it's very important right what we're doing here academically right it's important to gain knowledge and be educated and stuff and i'm just kidding but um no it's like what you do everything that you do you should take seriously that that's a sto- that's the stoic way to approach things is 
every single task that you're given throughout the day, right? Concentrate on it like a Roman. Do your best at it. Even if you hate it, challenge yourself to do your best. But to reinforce your point, yes. You're edu- like in the point that you made about how someone could be like have a great soul, great personality, and not necessarily have a GED or a diploma. That sort of proves that you don't need education to be a good person, right? Focus on being a good person. And then, then you can sort of focus on, like you said, education, but being, and we're not saying education is bad. We're not saying knowledge is bad. We're not saying going to school is bad, but it's the education system, right? That we're sort of, I think what we're saying is that there is a distinction between education and knowledge and that you should be aware of that and prioritize knowledge and wisdom over education and degrees and paper and like credentials is I think is a good summation. Good. And that's honestly probably the best way to put it is uh like i don't really have anything else to say you sort of you sort of hit that one you sort of got the the main points on that topic right there that that last tip but so if you've made it this far let us know if there are any other useful tips that you have as a student if you are in college and you've listened this far if there's anything that we feel like that you feel like that we missed or could include um I don't really have anything else to say. I just think that I, if I had to give one piece of advice it would be is if you're a student, focus more on who you are. Like don't define yourself as just a student. If you restrict yourself to only being a student, you're going to, you're going to miss all the other opportunities that come your way is just being a whole person, right? You're like, no, I'm just a student for four years. And then once I'm done being a student, then I'll be an employee, right? It's like you're, you're restricting yourself by labeling by only giving yourself like certain features to have, right? Labels, restricting your potential, season one. So for fi- my final like speech metaphor, society wants you to be like the modern factory worker. You go from point A to point B to point C to point D, you make a livable wage, you'd be happy with that, and it's done. Your life is over. Reject that. Reject the idea that education equals knowledge, education equals wisdom, a degree means that this person's smart. Reject all of that notion that society holds. Instead, pair education and knowledge because they are separate. And the way you do that is you prioritize learning outside of the classroom. You avoid procrastination. You be open-minded whenever you are in a classroom setting, open-minded to any of the ideas. You build relationships. You aren't a know-it-all. And you fit school within your lifestyle instead of building your lifestyle around how school is. Don't let people make you feel guilty because you said, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to do homework right now. I'm going to go read some Seneca for two hours, which is probably what I'm going to do right now after I get done with this episode. But don't let people feel, make you feel guilty for that. Like you just said, let life teach you how to be a good person and let education kind of be a, a, a tool on your tool belt in that journey. Education isn't that journey. Education isn't that end-all be-all. And I think those tips reflect that. I think that's something the Stoics would also agree with. Like you said, if you've made it this far, let us know if we missed anything. Also, let us know if you'd like us to talk more about the education system because it's like one of our favorite topics, obviously, which is why this is a 55-minute episode right now. If you want us to go deeper into the education system, let us know and we will go deeper into the education system. With that being said, This has been this week's episode of the Gen Z Stoic. Thank you for listening as always, and we will see you next time.